Hi, everybody. How are you doing today? Thank you for tuning into the today's episode of Comedians Exposed. We have a very funny guest. This person you has her uh, own TV show. I love their YouTube channel. This person, and we're going to talk about this, is very prolific in the amount of content that they produce. Uh, it's amazing. They're an actor, regular producer of comedy shows. Please welcome Joe Pontillo to Comedians Exposed. Welcome, Joe. How are you? Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's dangerous even me just agreeing to do this show. So. <laughs> I'm so excited because literally I have like a whole list of things I want to talk to you about. Um, and I'm like, again, I really do appreciate you taking your time. Um, what First things first, I wanted, you know what I mean? I was really excited to have you on the show. Um, again, Joe, you got to check him out. Tell everybody first off where they can find you on social media because I love your videos. I love your Instagram videos. Um, your, and again, you have a, all this stuff up on YouTube for people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have like, uh, I get, well, I have like a couple like regular like characters I do, I guess. Like one is me as a lawyer. <laughs> And then there's a couple other people like I do the like I do a version of the My Pillow guy, but it's Mike Pillow. And um, who else is there? I don't know. A couple other things, but yeah, I just because um, you know comedy is like kind of all about the content and like a little bit of the performance, sort of. So I'm just always trying to put out new stuff, which you can find on YouTube via you know whatever it is, YouTube.com/slash Joe Pontillo. Um, or Instagram or TikTok, which are both Pontillogram. Um, <laughs> very easy. And yeah. That, you know, and like, again, you are super prolific. So it's like doing the characters and doing the content. Like it just, I feel like it's a lot of, um, for me, it would be a lot of energy, a lot of like creativity that's going on. So where do your characters come from? Who are these people that, are they just made up in your head? Why are they, why, why? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I'm always like writing jokes about like anything. Like that's what Twitter is for. Twitter is like where you just come up with like ridiculous concepts. Um, and then sometimes I look at them and I'm like, boy, this is like an okay post, but it would be really funny if it was a sketch. So I feel like that's where my lawyer character came from. I was like making fun of um, like lawyer commercials, you know, like have you or somebody you love, been... but it was about internet trolls. And I was like, have you or someone you love been trolled by somebody on the internet? Well, if so, give me a So he, he was like a, a, a lawyer that fought internet trolls somehow. Not, not through lawsuits, just from trolling them back. He's also an, oh, okay. So he was an evil <laughs> troll. <laughs> so that's like where that one came from and then other things are just I don't know it's so weird like things just pop like sometimes I have a list like I feel like last year I had like this list of like five or six ideas and I maybe did like three of them uh -huh. uh, and not that the other ones are bad I just you lose like interest quickly or you know other things come up yeah well so. I feel like too logistically like sometimes you have these ideas that you want to execute, but you don't have like, there's some, especially if you're doing like sketches and things like that, like, you know, there's a visual aesthetic that you're thinking about and like, 
you know, that it's like a lot going on and everything. So, cause again, like you were, you got the costumes and stuff like that. You know, you have your top hat, your tall top hat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a very big bag of costumes, in my <laughs> which I constantly go through and I'm like, what can I get rid of? What, what am I never going to use? And then throw on like half a mask. <laughs> it's so fun though it's like and that's like again you need that that's maybe that's a good idea we should start like a like a community share for costumes and be like a swap because i'm like there's things that i need that i don't have and i'm like i can't justify buying this you know but like the things i hold on to i have a hazmat suit in my closet right now i'm not going to get rid of you do oh see we should arrange a trade <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I want to again thank you so much for talking with me today. Just the background, the podcast, um, the whole idea is about comedy and vulnerability. Because personally, I always use it like my experience. Uh, doing comedy took me a really long time to do, and it's always really uncomfortable. And same thing, like I'm going to talk to you more about it, but sharing things on the internet, like all of those things for me are like really uncomfortable you know what about for you because you do share a lot and it's awesome and I have this thing where I share something I'll post it and then I'm like oh oh no maybe like you know and I get into this little place and like then I just take it down I'm like yeah it's just I don't just leave it and I'm like why (laughs) oh yeah there's uh definitely especially like Facebook like I feel like if you post something and even if like you think it's funny you're like is this going too far? Is this going to anger somebody? Because there's like so many people that I'm reaching and like so many of them that are like in our industry and you're always just like, is this going to make enemies? Is this the one? And then it's like, it could be like three minutes and you're like, you know what? Nah, too risky. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but then there's things like um, I posted something recently and it was not about anybody not about anything specific i literally just saw other people like ranting about bringer shows and i was like oh some people are so silly when it comes to running those so i'm gonna make a ridiculous list of like all the perks you would get from doing my bringer my hypothetical bringer show that i don't have so i post this and some people were like well it was one person thought it was about them and got into a fight with like 37 other comedians in the comments of my Facebook. And, um, you know, I mean, I don't care. I think it's hilarious, but right. then it's just like the thing I have to like, kind of like pay attention to all day <laughs> to be like, is anything going too far? Like, do I have to delete things, hide things, monitor things, you know? So it's, it's very crazy being a public person at the same time. Like I thrive at it. Um, but on the flip side, there's also a lot that you're like, you're just constantly like, what am I going to be tagged in? What is the next thing that I'm going to have to like, what if I have to explain something? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It, how does that make you, because again, I feel like, again, that is like, for me, it's like, and even now doing comedy, it's like, I'm constantly, even doing this podcast, I'm constantly like, got this like feeling in my throat, like, oh, who's going to get mad and butthurt and blah, 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 you know what I mean? And it's like. And again, I don't know if that's my own neuroticness, you know, so that's why I like talking with other comics, like, is this you too? Or is, you know? Right. Yeah. 
So it's, you gotta have a little bit of a touch of that, you know? Um, do you push through it though? Like you, like um, for example, with your videos on, cause particularly what I find you tend, every time I've seen you, you're a clean comic. You know what I mean? Like you, like your material is, and clean comedy is really hard. I think of course it's like the hardest type of comedy to do because of the fact that you know, to make the regular everyday things funny that everybody could be exposed to. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I always think I always think of my act as clean, but like hostile, <laughs> like <laughs> angrily clean. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I have like a couple like R-rated jokes, but yeah. like I probably only save those for like longer sets or like you know if I'm on the road or something. Um, but you know. I think because I think if not to say that doing dirty jokes is like easy. Per, I mean, it is and it isn't. Um, but like I'm more I've become more of like a, it's like sort of a storytelling thing, even though it's not really stories. Um, so and I feel like most stories about your life end up being on the cleaner side, you know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some of us need to reevaluate our lives, and that's okay. No judgment. You know, I don't even know what my act is anymore. She probably watched. <laughs> oh, describe your comedy. What's your comedy? So, just, what are the words? Like you said, angry is one of them. So, if you were to pick like three words to describe your comedy, what are the words? <laughs> um. Wow, I never thought of that. Yeah, well, it, it's a mix of anger. It's like angry, realistic. Set, 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 satire. <laughs> yeah, that's a real, a realistic satire. The movie. If you're renting my comedy act from the movie store, <laughs> it would be. <laughs> <laughs> so, what got you into comedy? How did uh, you get on the microphone? Uh, a lot of things went wrong. Uh, <laughs> So like, you know, when I was a kid, like I always, I guess I always wanted to like, you know, make movies or TV show. I wanted to do like, maybe like an SNL type show or make uh, movies or whatever. And then um, I, when I was a kid, I wasn't like, oh, to do stand-up comedy. But then when I was like a teenager, um, you know, I was really into Seinfeld, which is funny because now I go back and watch a show and I'm like, I hate most of this. But <laughs> when I was like 15 or whatever, it was great. Um, and then I was like, well, how did he get to where he is? And then I watched like the A&E biography of him. And, you know, it was all about, oh, I did comedy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, OK, so maybe I'll do stand up, you know. And I always feel like I had something to say, which sounds really obnoxious, but you know, like, I felt like I could be on stage and, you know, just like commanding an audience of people to, you know, be into what I'm saying, which um, I was like, oh, I could do that. I could be good at that. Uh, it took a very long time to get there. But then I was like, yeah, let me just try comedy. And um, I did it once, kind of not by accident, but um, <laughs> like my college was doing a, uh, a competition to see who the funniest student was. And the funniest student would then open for Chappelle, <laughs> which, which I'm like, I don't think he signed off on that, but sure. <laughs> you know, and it was probably, it was a terrible disaster. I actually do a joke about it now. And, uh, <laughs> but I didn't do comedy again for like a year and a half after that. And then like, 
I was, um, I went to high school with um, somebody who was actually related to like a semi-famous comedian. And I was like, hey, how did your uncle do it? And they were like, oh, they just started doing like the open mics, um, you know, at the clubs on Long Island. And, you know, Long Island is very famous for comedy or was at some point. Now it's famous for car accidents. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so then I just, I was like, oh, let me just look up where the open mic is and then i did it and you know open mics had become like you know bring some friends to see you perform and i was like that sounds great um so then you know then i spent two years of gradually getting a bunch of people to hate me yeah from coming to <laughs> <New> <laughs> yes oh man i want to do oh yeah, yeah. So sorry go on what were you gonna say Oh, and it started to get good. And then, you know, and then I was like, oh, now I know how to do it. Like I knew I started to become friendly with other comedians and, you know, producing my own shows and things of that nature. So it's like a natural kind of like layered thing. Um, one thing though I wanted to ask you, because you said uh, you said how you had something to say, right? Which for us, that resonates with me. I don't know about other comedians or people in general, like, you know, listeners, for you guys, you know, do you feel that you have something to say? And then the part that I wanted to ask you about was like, you said that sounds kind of obnoxious. So why do you think, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm curious because it was like, like to me, I'm like, yeah, you do have something to say. Like, we want to hear you. And it was like, almost like a little bit self-deprecating, I guess, like, why do you think it's um, obnoxious? I think it's more because I'm thinking about, <laughs> you know, I feel like there's a, a handful of like people who do comedy now who um, their entire thing is like, you know, people are too sensitive and people are too soft and you can't make jokes because everyone gets offended, even though I'm clearly on stage making jokes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I feel like those those people will say things like, I got something to say. But at the same time, like I've always, I guess, doing comedy, making people laugh, but also at the same time, some of what I do has like societal value, I would like to think. Like, you know, and weirdly, um, I feel like what we've just gone through the last uh, almost two years now <laughs> has kind of opened the door to that because I feel like as a society, like we've all just kind of collectively gone through something. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like it's more mainstream to be able to talk about like actual issues. I mean, not that I'm on stage, you know, like preaching, but you know, mm-hmm. like I can like more easily tell jokes that like are about something that affects people's lives. Right. You know, whereas back then it was, I felt like I, I got stuck in like, a, oh, I'm telling jokes about my family, and, you know, Italians and whatever it is. <laughs> no, but I think, um, I, you know, like, again, I do believe like, again, I think it's awesome. Like the point you just raised about how you do have something to say, and now you're able to say things that are a little more, you know, um, relevant to collective society. And I think, again, going back to comedy, like, again, I think there's such a power in doing comedy because it's like, again, we can start really, you know, we can, it's a way to have conversations about things. Like a lot of crap has happened. A lot of crap keeps happening. And it's like, the only thing we have to do as a society is do things to think about, to move forward. But some people I feel are like stuck, you know? So it's like comedy is a nice way to get people unstuck. So what are some of the topics you talk about with, 
in your set that are, you know, kind of like relevant or contemporary, I guess, you know, issues or bigger picture things that make you want to be heard? Um, I, you know, I, I touch on like, you know, what's happening in the news, I guess. And then I kind of like, see to me, like, I feel like a lot of comedians nowadays, it's like, oh, you have to pick a side, like either I'm going to tell jokes from, you know, this side of the political spectrum or the other side. And to me, I don't think comedians should really be on either side because I think the reality is you should uh, kind of be making fun of everything at once <laughs> because all of it's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really like take a second to think about it, you're like, oh yeah, why are we doing this? Like, you know, like why after two years are we, you know, like, oh, there's these same people who have just given us like bad idea after bad idea. It's like, here's another bad idea. And you're just like, yeah, all right, we'll try it. Ah, it didn't work. Whatever, <laughs> you know, or just, I don't know, the little, even like little things like, you know, about like, you know, getting rid of police or defunding the police or not that that's little, but you know what I mean? Um, you know, occasionally I'll touch on like uh, environmental things or yeah. like, like, like the outrage of the news cycle. Like there's so many things of importance you should be focusing on, but each week it's like something else pops up that you have to get angry about, Yeah, you know, yeah. like last year or a year and a half ago, like there was a week where everyone was furious at the post office. Like we're <laughs> like the world is on fire and people are dying of a virus and we're like, oh, we have to get the postmaster general out of office. You're like, what the hell is the postmaster general and why am I suddenly mad about it? <laughs> it's so like it's just, people are like, you want to ask, like, do you even write letters? Like, when was the last time you wrote a letter? You know? <laughs> yeah, you want mail? What's wrong with I, I, I love mail. I love getting mail. Like I'm, I'm literally like a cornball. Like I will mail people letters and stuff like that. Oh, you're, like I get what you're saying. Like again, it's like this. It's almost though like this collective outrage. Like it's like how much of it is genuine and how much of it is fabricated just for, you know, like money making and all of that and blah blah blah. You know, it's like. Yeah. All these, you know, like I like how you said you have to make fun of everything as a comedian, like no matter what, like your personal beliefs, like, you know, like especially too, like I like to do myself a lot of self-deprecating humor. And uh, I, you know, I've had people say things to me about doing that, like weird comments and, you know, like people like almost will come up and be like, you shouldn't make fun of yourself. You know, like it's almost like bullying, like on yourself. And it really is like triggering for some people, you know, but I like, I don't know. It's, I find it. I feel bullied for you. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You're like, okay, like relax. Like, but it's like, I feel like it's important. Like you said, to make fun of everything. So what are some of, um, because I, you know, when I first started doing the podcast, I would have comics prepare a joke that they would share that makes their butthole clench up, you know, like their most uncomfortable joke. And I kind of started, I shied away from that for a while, you know, because I was like, I didn't want people to have to necessarily share their bits if they weren't comfortable. But I'm just curious, like going back to this, is there a, sp- a specific topic that would be like, I want to talk about this, but this is like, oh, it's a hard topic to work through you know um hmm. i've uh oh, i don't even know yeah i 
I've always had like hypothetical, like big bits. Yeah. But that I've never like, I'm like, I don't even know if I can make that funny enough to be a bit like something about like, you know, living in the suburbs or people who grew up in the suburbs and how like, you know, racism is just like, like you just like hit with it when you, you're almost born. And it's like people almost get like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not predestined, but like, like raised on it. Like, ah, yeah, look at those people. Oh, they moved into our neighborhood. Scary, like stuff like that. Um, it's common know. sense to me, like, especially if you synthesize history and events, like it's conditioned, like we all have our, especially, you know, your yeah, grandparents, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was the word I was looking for. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, stuff like that and how some people get like just permanently stuck in that and they don't grow from that. But other people at a certain point, like kind of think for themselves and they're like, oh, why was I afraid of, of this or that? You know, like, I don't know. And it's not just in terms of other people. It's, you know, so many things that you're just conditioned to be like weirdly afraid of. Yeah. Dude, that's why I didn't do comedy for so long. Like I was afraid of people looking at me. I was afraid of people being like, you're stupid. I was like, just layer on layer on layer of fear. So it was like, what do you think for you was that ever a fear for you doing comedy like did you ever have any fear or self-doubt when I was like newer at comedy I feel like my confidence would run out the second something didn't get a laugh and I would just be like well that's it this crowd will not laugh at me again <laughs> yeah so but then at a, at a certain point you're like who cares if they don't laugh at one thing or two things like, yeah. you know, like it's all a process because like, I feel like I used to put this like epic, like importance into every performance. Like this one has to go well. Oh, this one too. This one this is to be yeah. the best set, you know? And it's like, it's so dumb because you just go on stage like the next night or two nights, yeah. you know, from now and get to do it all over again separately. And like, there's no real stakes. And I think that's something you have to become aware of as you're doing comedy that like into an extent, none of this really matters. You know, your only real issue is you're dealing with like other comics or bookers who are seeing you and they're like, Oh, if you had a bad night, that's all they'll remember. But also like people need to not be like that anymore. Right. Cause I mean, it's part of it. Like, again, like you said, it's a process and particularly too, if you want to grow and evolve as a comic, like, you know what I mean? Like if you're going to start doing diving into topics that might be controversial or uncomfortable, you can't, if you write a joke of straight out the gate, that's a winner. That's amazing. But that to me has not been my experience. You know, like you said, it takes some time. Um, I wanted to talk more about going into vulnerability because you brought up fear. And for a lot of people, like, well, first, before we talk about what my question was going to be, I want to ask you, what is vulnerability for you? Huh. Um, well, it's something I don't think about a lot, but like every once in a while, you know, you, you just put like so much stuff out there and you're just like at any moment, somebody you don't know or will never meet in your life could just be like, hey, you suck. <laughs> and 
even no matter how like good you are at something or how long you've been doing it, like that can affect you. Like, um, but then you have to let, you almost have to like decompress yourself and be like, who cares? <laughs> if somebody didn't hate you, then you probably weren't do so, doing something wrong. That's sort of what you come to. And then like, I don't know. Then you also get to the point, you're like, but I'm so good at what I do. Like if people don't like it, they could go to hell, you know? And, and, and like, here's an example. So like I had a special um, on Amazon and, you know, it was streaming. So it was there for millions of people, not millions of people watch it, but a good amount of people watch it. And I would get some reviews and they were all mostly pretty positive. And then one guy <laughs> left a review, it was like one star and was like, I love stand-up comedy, but I watched the first 10 minutes of this and it was just this guy complaining about comedy. So I turned it off. Good luck in the future. And I was like, I just like lost my mind. I was like, who is this guy? What the hell is his problem? I was like looking up his like username on Amazon. I was like, what else has he reviewed? What products is he buying? And then I was like writing a response <laughs> to him. And I, I remember I mentioned it <laughs> to my girlfriend and she was like, you don't, what is even the point of that? Why are you doing that? And I was like, ah, you're right. I <laughs> deleted the comments. And just, I was like, you know what? It's kind of good. I think, I almost think you need some negativity thrown your way. Right. Because it yeah. almost makes you better. Absolutely. How do you think it makes you better? It just, because if you just go along and everybody tells you you're great and you're awesome, like you'll never work on things. You'll never try to like prove that person wrong. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Right. Like I auditioned at a club once and it was a disaster. It was like, they used to do it where like you would go up in the middle of the show but then like, oh no, the show's over, but here's all the auditioners. And you basically go on as 90% of the audience is leaving. And the few people left in the audience probably don't speak English, but, <laughs> or, or fell asleep at the table. And that's why they're still there. Um, you know, and I go up and I, I thought I did okay. And then like the chef and the MC were like, wow, you did great considering. I'm like, oh, thank you. So I'm like feeling good. Yeah. And then like the club booker was like, hey, how long have you been doing comedy? And I was like, I don't know, five, six years. And he's like, huh, do you get up a lot? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, some of your jokes are old. Like you tell old jokes. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? Like vaudeville? What are, you, what are we talking about? And he, he was just like, I just tell a lot of jokes that like you would tell like, you know, when you first start doing comedy. So I don't know. I didn't like it. Did, so, he, uh, did he offer any other more specific feedback? Like in terms of like what, cause that is like random feedback, like old, like I said, I like your take vaudeville, but you know, like <laughs> um, I feel like he could have been a little more specific, like it's oh, not old. Like this is why I think that. Right. <laughs> I think it was, I know I kind of like at the time you're like, how can anybody say this? This is like the end of my career. And I remember being like so broken. Yeah. The only response I could muster was, well, I love the club. <laughs> nice club. <laughs> and then uh, he was like, yeah, thanks for coming. I was like, oh my God. And I was like, what does that mean? And I just, and I was like, oh, I, I get it. Like, you know, I, this was like back when I, I would do a joke about like how I kind of looked and sounded like Ray Romano. And, you know, I had a, like some cheesy jokes about like my parents or whatever. And I was like, you know what? that's gotta go 
let's let's move forward. So you got so, rid of the material? But, yeah. So like from the devastation, I feel I felt like motivated to like, you know, write different stuff and just grow. And you know, I was still very young, but I was like, yeah, it's time to grow up, I guess. The very so. very yogic perspective, like in yoga. I don't know if you also practice yoga. I feel like comedy and yoga go really well together because the lessons like we learn in detachment and that line is through the mud grows the lotus, which is this beautiful flower. So like wow. you said, through the shit, you know, something else came better. And that's so valuable. Like that right there, that lesson of embracing and that's what I love about comedies we've got to be willing to eat so much shit and then get up tomorrow and be like oh I'd like some more shit please I'm going to eat more shit today and like (laughs) yeah it's almost good to like metaphorically set yourself on fire yes yes but then I'll just grow again and it'll be more beautiful than it was last time. I'm getting really weird and deep, but yeah, you know I'm so on board with this, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's so crazy. I think, um, I don't know, that's part of like, again, like I love about comedy. Um, And again, like for me, like comedy, again, opens itself to vulnerability, but through being vulnerable is where the growth happens. You know what I mean? Like you said, like, because it sounds like for you, your vulnerability is rejection, that you're afraid that people, because like you said, you had this special and one Momo who's sitting home, you know, on his so his sofa right now that he had time like who even has time to write amazon reviews like give me a break like if you my own family to write reviews <laughs> <laughs> and and this person and a lot of times too this is what i've noticed like a um, a former guest and i were talking a lot about like carl young and shadow work and young i don't know if, i don't know if i'm saying it right young or young he's a the psychoanalyst he says, no. you know, to lean into like when you're triggered by something, like when someone's triggered, like it really is a reflection of what's going on internally. So vice versa for that guy who's writing something, whatever it was, it wasn't a, your comedy. There was something triggering him that he felt strongly enough to write this response. Right. What, what do you think you triggered in him? So like, <laughs> if you ever watched my special, the first like 10, 12 minutes was all stuff I just wrote for the special. And it was just all like stories about comedy or like my views on comedy. And they were all funny. Like they all did really well. But um, maybe he was like, I just wanted to see some good old fashioned set up punchline, maybe some dick jokes. And this guy's talking about working at a comedy club in Florida or a comedy contest or just so, and I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear stories about comedy. Yeah. Talk about your genitals. I don't know. <laughs> That's no, but you could be true. And I think you bring up the point like comedy is so different. Like it's such a silly thing, you know, because like you hear about music, but there's types of music. Like if I'm going to say, hey, Joe, want to come listen to music with me? You know, I'm like, and I brought you to like a polka band, like you might have expected <laughs> something like. I would just start booing. Get- All right. Well, yeah, <laughs> cool. you're adapting, but it's like, maybe you're a big fan of Led Zeppelin. It was like, oh, it wasn't what you thought. So it's like comedy, I feel like is the same kind of way. Cause we just very broadly use, oh, comedy, comedy. But it's like, it's so, you know, what kind of comedy? Like, you know, are you are you a set of punchline guy? Are you a storyteller? Are you, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's very, 
And comedy is nuts because you're really getting judged by like at any moment, hundreds of people. It's nuts. Not just the audience, like the other comics, the wait staff, <laughs> the owner oh, yeah. of the book. It's so nuts. You know, I remember one time um, an audience member came up to me after a show and just went, you know, when you walked on stage, I was like, this guy's not going to be funny. And then you started talking and I'm like, yeah, this guy's funny. And I'm like, you mm-hmm. judged me before I even oh, yeah. said a word. So all the, I've had, I've been introduced during shows and I remember, you know, people saying, oh, women generally aren't funny, but this, this lady's funny. And it's like, oh my God. Or another time, like a comic, this really triggered me. Somebody called me a hot comic, which was so like, like terrible. It's like, why are you doing that? And that shit gets in your head and it's like, screws everything up and it's like all the intricacies and that's so much judgment but again when you can lose that fear of judgment comes the magic yeah those hilarious funny funny things and why comedy like why do you feel the need to do comedy out of all the things in the world that you could be doing why um you know I used to have an answer for that (laughs) um it kind of like comedy is like the springboard to like so many other things you know like it's a springboard to podcasts radio acting um writing it just it, it, if you do it right if you have purpose behind it i feel like it, it can take you in like so many different directions um but then the trick is to not get like stuck doing only comedy because to an extent that's like a road to nowhere you know so it's uh it's we you know it used to be like i thought comedy would lead to just going somewhere but then i was like oh it's not the 1980s or 90s anymore so <laughs> it's it's different now particularly having the social media platforms because i feel like the 80s 90s comedy was the outcome to like sitcoms you know yeah. comedy writing gigs things like that but now with social media it's changed the whole kind of game a little bit you know like think about how many comics like there's a lot of comedians I feel like on TikTok that I would love to see at, like on stage like I wonder how it translates you know well if their act can just be them like dancing for five minutes then yes um <laughs> but what if you have, what if you have an hour to fill what if you have an hour to fill? <laughs> true oh, then you have to throw in some walking too and uh, <laughs> And maybe a product review in the middle of it. <laughs> That's a half hour right there. Yeah. It's we, and now it's like at the point where like, you know, you, you don't really build fans or followers doing comedy per se. Like, you know, or you do like sporadically. So like you have to do all this other stuff, which supplements comedy. And then you have to get the people that you're like, getting through videos or podcasts to be like, now come see me do comedy. It's just like this whole cycle. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to get it to move in a quick enough way that you feel like you're getting anywhere. You know, it's a very, I feel like it's a very like long game, you know, it's something, especially to just even in terms of practicing, you know, you get like open mics when you start out, you get five freaking minutes. You sit there for four and a half hours of your life to that, you know do jokes in front of two people for five minutes so it's like literally you got to be like ready for like the long game you know um do yeah. you have, and also too I also think about the, again going back how you said the word process like remembering comedy is a process and just enjoying the process 
some comics I feel though get kind of fixated on the end game. Like they see what they're that what they want this to be. Yeah. Do you have an end game? Um yes and no. I feel like I used to just focus on the end game. And I felt like that made me kind of sloppy because I would just be like, oh, I'm just trying to get to here. So whatever happens on the way to there, who cares? But, you know, in the last like several years, I feel like I've kind of just tried to live like in the moment more, you know, like, in, you know, enjoying like traveling to go do shows or being part of the scene, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, just like, yeah, because like even if there is an end game, like once you hit that end game, like, you know, that's it. Your life will be forever changed. So like you might as well enjoy whatever it is you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because it's not like, oh, maybe I'll get that TV show, but then I'm not going to be, you know, bouncing around uh, shitty bar shows <laughs> anymore. Yeah. So Sometimes that... the fun of the shitty bar shows, though, the weird oh, sure. stories, because you said even like, again, you wrote 10 minutes worth of material just on doing comedy and that, how weird and those wonderful, goofy experiences. What's the shittiest bar show you ever did? <laughs> um specifically god so many is there one that sticks out particularly like something extra weird you're like what (laughs) so many things have happened throughout the years remember one time i was at a doing a bar show and somebody threw a dart at one of the comedians oh my god (laughs) they saw it coming and i feel like the whole thing was you know, it wasn't necessarily done in a threatening way, but it's oh, still okay. a freaking dart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easily could have gone that way. The story I always tell um, is like the first time I went like on the road, like really on the road. And I was supposed to do like 25 or 30 minutes per show. And I only had like seven minutes. <laughs> so it was going bad. And then like the headliner would open his act by pointing out how terrible I was for <laughs> the first few shows. He'd be like, ah, give, a, give a round of applause for Joe Pontillo. Uh, you may not realize it now, but one day you'll be home watching David Letterman, and so will Joe. And the crowd would go nuts. And I was like, wow. <laughs> by the end of the road, I got by the end of the trip, I got him to stop telling that joke. But... <laughs> Yeah. That's, do you think that was uh, part of you earning your chops or do you think he was just being a little bit of a douchebag? Well, a little bit of, yeah, it was like, it's kind of like today how like comics, you know, do roast battles. Yes. Where it's like, oh yeah, we're all just making fun of each other. But like, I don't know. I, I always feel like unless somebody does something absolutely like reprehensible on stage, like just do your act. <laughs> yeah. I like, like I like roast battles though. I think they're very I, they're a fun joke writing exercise. And it's like to me, I feel like it's a very like going back to this idea we were talking about of like train wrecks, you're like, it's a way to be like, I don't know what someone's gonna do to make fun of me, but like getting it's almost like once it happens, it's like again, setting shit on fire and then freeing yourself from it. And it's so <laughs> fun. <laughs> I I kind of hate roast battles yeah. to an extent because it's like, hey, these two people that nobody in the audience knows are just slinging insults at each other. 
Um, and one of them that I did, it was with somebody that I'm kind of friends with. And I just like was telling all these like stories about like dumb and terrible things they've done. Yeah. Which were funny, but like, then they're like, you know, telling like, we like basically just like, how do I explain it? R-rated jokes <laughs> about me and like things that made no sense. And I was just like, oh, okay, so this is how it's going to be. And I'm like, hey, check out this guy's Facebook wall. He just keeps trying to sell a couch. <laughs> like, where are the jokes? You know, and then he's like, bah, 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 small dick. But I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I love it. I've had so much fun doing roast battles. And like I said, I just find like, especially too, like you could do like, it's a fun way to like, joke writing and to be and like again just like but it's also stupid it's like stupid it's not necessarily I don't want to say it's not comedy because it's comedy but it's not comedy in the sense of like your act like it's you you're not going to go and do a whole I don't know I don't I don't know many roast comics out there like does that is that still like a thing you know uh yeah kind of you know i'm more for like roast like not to be weird but like the like how the dean martin roasts were (laughs) like that i could get down with or like you know the comedy central roasts yeah like stuff like that where it's like you know somebody important's up there and you'll go up and shit on them but i think the whole like roast battle concept is like like very lowbrow to me i don't know I'm a lowbrow kind of lady, I think, though. That's like, that's where my comedy lies. Like, I like lowbrow, a little, yeah, a little bridge and tunnel. Oh, maybe a I'm on the wrong podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's like, that's why I think comedy makes me so uncomfortable because I'm saying all of these things that are like, people are like, why do you gotta be so trashy? <laughs> my dad, he does not like my comedy at all. No, no, no. he thinks too profane. So I want to ask you, what do you think makes a successful comedian? Uh, you know, there's like a lot of levels of success in comedy. Because um, it used to be, I would think like, oh, unless you're like, you know, making tens of thousands of dollars, you know, headlining theaters or you know have a tv show or something you're not successful but like i feel like if you've made a living doing comedy even only briefly like you've somehow succeeded at comedy okay <laughs> even if it's all falling apart now i may or may not be talking about myself but <laughs> what about then the people who are listening right now who have want to try comedy and just don't do it because they're afraid that they're too old or too busy or too tired or too fat or too skinny or too whatever, blah, 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 blah. Well, I would hope, you know, think of, huh? I would hope hearing me talk convince them that they made the right decision not to try. That's, I would always just say, just do it. Cause like, what's the worst that happens? Like nobody laughs and then you're just like, all right. But like, then there's some people who go up and never get laughs and they just keep going for like 10, 15, 20 years. So like, why can't I have that kind of delusion? <laughs> it's, okay, but here's then the question. Again, is it delusion or is it just seeking out joy in life? Because again, because you said too, you t- said to people just do it. So wouldn't that be the measure then for someone else of success is like, hey, I just did it. And if oh, that's- of course. Yeah, if you enjoy it, even if it doesn't go well, then just be happy. Just keep doing it. Um, yeah, some people definitely are just doing it 
to be happy. <laughs> Other people. Yeah, I hear a lot. Yeah, comedy's great therapy. It's good therapy, and you get that a lot from comedians. Right. You don't have health insurance. What? <laughs> I what have health insurance, but I don't trust it. So. <laughs> All the 5G, right? Uh huh. That's why I haven't upgraded to a new phone yet. <laughs> so, what about then? Uh, what about being a successful human? What makes a successful human? Uh, I don't I guess I've always felt like, and it's kind of almost like with comedy, where it's just like, do what makes you happy. And the problem is, like, life is set up so that you're constantly, like, have all these, like, ridiculous, like, stresses that pop up. Like, you know, you can't just, like, enjoy yourself. Like, you have to, like, oh, can I get the job I want or do I have to settle for the job I don't want, but I'll make money? You know, can I have a family? Can I do this? Can I have that? Can I travel? You know, it's just a lot of, like, a lot of compromising, but also... If you're lucky enough, which so far I feel like I have been, you can kind of like do almost whatever you want and be happy slash successful, even if you're not that successful, but at least you're like, eh, what do I really have to worry about? You know, that's kind of, that's kind of how I view life to an extent. That's all, yeah. And just like not get stuck in like these cycles, you know, like people get stuck in cycles of like, you know, every day is exactly the same. Comedy can get like that too, where you're just like, oh, it's just, I'm doing this show, I'm doing that show, and then I gotta email those people to get back on that show. Or blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, just always like mix it up, I feel like in anything life, comedy, sandwiches. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> you can never have enough variety with sandwiches. That's, That's what I always told people. Mm-hmm. Sandwiches are the most perfect food too. So, yeah. you know, and especially too, I feel like comedy is, I always love comedy as again, a metaphor, like you said, mix things up and don't get stuck into routines. The cycle, like comedy will break your cycle, no matter how much of a routine you think you got, you're going to go into the show where you're going to eat a pile of dick. It's going to happen because it's just the nature of the, you know what I mean? No matter how good you are, like you know, we always hear like about like, oh, this comedian's putting out his new special, blah, blah, blah. He popped in here and he was terrible. And it's like, that's just how sometimes it works because they're working on the process. You might have something new. So you're not right. always guaranteed to have. And then you also are going to end up in a weird place, maybe a weird venue because comedy evolves in weird places. <laughs> comedy can happen anywhere at any moment. Literally, yes. Literally. The audience are ever prepared. I, I actually carry a microphone in my pocketbook. So whenever I'm online somewhere, I just bring it out and, you know, that's safe. Get, <laughs> get, get my time in when I can. So, <laughs> um, Joe, I want to say thank you so much for taking your time to talk with me today. I really that appreciate it. <laughs> can, can you do me a favor and tell everybody one more time where we could find you on social media you can find me um instagram pontillogram and tiktok too i guess and then youtube.com slash joe pontillo and i'm on facebook and twitter too yeah. and for shows and appearances JoePontillo.com. oh god yeah you got a whole bunch of dates coming up what's your most uh recent date coming up 
Oh, I'm actually going to be in uh, Florida this weekend. Oh, nice. Lovely. <laughs> Leaving tomorrow. It's not even warm there. <laughs> like, it isn't? No, I mean, it's like 60 during the day, but it still gets into the 30s at night. Oh. So, but yeah. that's fine. Yeah, no, it'll be fun. It's nice, you know, some Florida comedy. Ooh. Have some oh, yeah. well, every year. Every year I'm like, oh, I'm going to book shows like in the South in the winter. I'm sick of New York winters. And then I finally do it. And it's like the coldest winter ever, like across the country. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to Tennessee and Tennessee is only like kind of the South. So <laughs> it's only like cold. The mountains too. It's going to be cold. You'll get snow possibly. But that's fun. Um, do you, find, do you find a difference between the crowds in like different states? Like, do you see like commonalities um, or regional? Yeah, I, I think comedy audiences are almost all kind of the same to an extent. Yeah. Like, you know, they're always, you know, I feel like when you go, like when I go to a new state, like I haven't been to before, I'm always like, they can't pop. They're not going to like me. What jokes shouldn't I do? Probably most of them. And then you go up and you do pretty much the same jokes you would do, you know, in New York or New Jersey or whatever. And they do great. And you're like, yeah, okay. People are just kind of people, yep. you know, as long as, it's, you know, as long as you're up there being like the subway, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and they're like, we call it the metro. <laughs> <laughs> we don't <laughs> have <any experience. laughs> Oh my we God. We the Pony Express. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate, again, you talking to me. I feel like you dropped so many comedy knowledge bombs or, um, on people, spiritual bombs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, realize people that comedy is a really complicated thing, but it can really help bring you to a higher level of consciousness. So I feel like I appreciate you for... I'm usually not like that. Usually I'm just like yelling about it. <laughs> like stamping, stomping my feet. It's like, why? <laughs> well, again, I really want to thank you. And I hope everybody, again, I appreciate the listeners. Um, definitely t t book it out online. Joe is so funny. I love your, I love your Instagram. I always like, again, every time you post, I'm just like, <laughs> It's just fun. It's like very, it's nice because there's no shit going on in the world. So it's right. nice to have something that comes up and makes you giggle. And there's no such thing as too much laughter. No, people don't get that. You should be laughing at least 75% of the day. Hell yeah. Hell yes. Maybe we should start like a movement or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> laughter is healing. That's why they shut comedy down for a while. <laughs> Probably. Maybe we can get Apple to put it in on the Apple Watch as like a reminder, you know how they make people stand and be like, you gotta laugh right now. <laughs> or instead of the new U2 album, you get comedy, okay? <laughs> Something that probably doesn't make you angry. No, I know. Why does he do that? Why did U2, that, how come? So I don't know how to, I gotta get it off my freaking playlist because I think it pops up. <laughs> Most That's the only way anybody was going to listen to that album. That's why. <laughs> oh, wait, I think we just, someone right now is triggered. Bonus to bed. <laughs> no, they had a good album in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.